This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. How are you, Denise? Thank you so much, Phil. I am awesome. It is a, I love mornings and I'm energized in the morning. So thank you for, you know, accommodating a nice early morning. Yeah, no, it's funny. Uh, there's this whole sleep doctor that has something called like uh, chronology or something he talks about and you got to find out what you are. And most entrepreneurs tend to be lions, as, as he says, and those are like morning people. Employees tend to be bears. And then there's the other side of entrepreneurs, which are like wolves. And then after that, it's dolphins that just never sleep. They just, they're not, they're a single hemisphere. All one of them is always on. It's an interesting thing. Most entrepreneurs tend to be those really early risers. Uh, that's just a random note. I'm glad you brought that up. But uh, with that said, Jason and I are totally happy to have you here, as you can tell from before we hit record. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a good time. So let's kick it off with uh, my favorite question, which is, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Um, my father wanted to be, and he tried. My mother did not want him to be, <laughs> and she won. So I would say the answer is no. Um, I, although I did come, my grandfather was a grocery, he owned his own grocery store, he was his own butcher, he had, uh, he looked after the city with regards to uh, butcher, but uh, also um, um, ice in the winter, that was always a big talk, because that's how long ago that was when they had ice boxes, and they were really, you know, wanting to make sure there was enough ice in the middle of summer, so that they could enjoy their uh, Nice cool drinks in the summertime. Oh yeah, no this this makes sense. Where 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 was this at? Where, where did your family originate from? So they're uh, southwestern Ontario. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Wow. And so you grew up seeing that, finding that out, or you found that out as an adult that your parents I found that out later on. Yeah, my grandfather had long passed by the time I came around, and uh, so I didn't see much of that, but uh, um would often talk about that. So, Got it. So then I, I, what was your first experience with, with business, like consciously? And you said, oh, that's something I want to do right there. You know, well, when I, when I was, um, I graduated from nursing. So my background is a registered nurse and um, I also wanted to have a family. And so started a family and needed to um, bring in something a little bit you know, not on the shift schedule, not going out at 7 a.m. and coming back being totally you know, burnt out very shortly. Um, and and so I went into being an occupational health nurse and took the, that extra training and learned a lot about how businesses run, but also did that as a private contractor. So I went in and worked with organizations and their employees and um, helped them 
create health and wellness programs, health and safety programs, um, doing all of the real exciting health and safety stuff. Um, but it was it was an opportunity for me to work Monday to Friday and be a contractor. And if something didn't work, I was able to move along. Or if I needed more, I could I could do that as well. So that was how I started out in this career. Yeah, you pretty much had autonomy, the kind of autonomy that most people who want to be self-employed like re- really go after. Yep. Um, interesting. Now, you, did you, you scaled that in, into into going like above and beyond uh, what you wanted, or, or is occupational health where where you decided to to focus? I well, I spent a lot of time there because my real passion had been around creating um, wellness and. When, before I went into nursing, I really wanted to spend a lot more time on making sure people didn't get sick. Like, why, why do we get sick? Why do we, why do we have to go down that particular path and, and, and suffer the consequences? So that was where I wanted to be. And occupational health op- offered that particular op- uh, opportunity. Um, as a contractor, I worked with lots of different organizations, news media, aerospace, um, newspapers, uh, like communication uh, organizations, and then other manufacturing organizations as well. Um, And so that offered a lot up. And then I went and worked with, uh, I took a, it was about 18 months, I worked with an organization where I ran their full clinic, where we had some um, very large organizations. and, And so uh, once I left there, I actually branched out into uh, my own clinic, running my own clinics, um, and creating more of an integrated health model than just focused on occupational health. I mean, it's great that I understand uh, how the different payers in the in in the health industry, but I'm still really focused on on creating health and wellness for people and making sure that they're living, you know, in a, to their maximum, to their best performance, to their, um, to their uh, best abilities, uh, given whatever their, their circumstances are. Yeah. I mean, all like all good production, right. When it comes to content, I think health is the same way, if not more important. So to be able to prevent things and, yeah, get to people as early as possible as opposed to when they're sick or when they're injured or what have you, which is usually how the healthcare system is designed. This is a, a big subject, right? I mean, opening a big can of worms in that direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 in the past, had spent a lot of time interviewing a lot of people who were working to change that. So I think the work that you're doing is super important uh, and we can dive into that. But before I go there, I want to give the floor to Jason to chime in because I, I know that he himself is a serial entrepreneur and many a time has come uh, to speaking with people who help with health. Uh, how does he give his team the best, things of that nature, et cetera, et cetera. So turn it over to you, Jason. Yeah, I think health and business kind of parallel each other, right? Because if if you're not healthy, your business can't be healthy. And if your team's not healthy, your business can't be healthy either. Right. So there's that dynamic of it. Both my daughters are in healthcare. Um, my oldest daughter is a registered nurse and 
my youngest, uh, she just graduated uh, radiology. So, oh. so both of them are in that field. My oldest went through the whole COVID thing as a, as a registered nurse. And uh, it took a toll on her, right, with all of that. And now she, she's kind of done what you did now. And she's kind of, you know, I'm done with that. Can't do it anymore, right? That's been too taxing. Can't do it. And now she's in the private sector and, and does more of the in-home care and things like that on her own. So it's, uh, you know. It's a wonderful thing, but all those experiences that we go through in life are the experiences that shape us though, right? They shape, they shape how we think, they shape how we work with others, they shape how we work with our team. All those things are things that shape, shape us through pretty much everything in life. Um, you know, I spent 23 years in the military and, and that shaped a lot of the way. I am today. Still get up at three thirty, four o'clock every day, and <laughs> you know, I probably get more done by eight o'clock than most people do uh, before they have their first cup of coffee. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, is that so? so? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know, Philip. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought it's true. It's true. Yeah. Is, that, is that your first yeah. cup of coffee? Uh, I mean, no, but it, it feels like it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you, all all those know, things come together, though, and they make they make life and business parallel. I'm not sure if work life balance is actually a thing or not. Really, <laughs> um, I, I think you just learn to. You learn to mesh them together as best as you can, right? So, um, and that brings the most health that you can possibly do. As long as you're doing some exercise, you're eating well, you're sleeping well, you're getting your eight hours of sleep, you're doing all those things, kind of unstoppable. Exactly. And, and what I also add in there is when it comes back to that whole business idea, if we're not paying attention to the business, to the health of our employees and our partners, or even ourselves. And I know on a previous podcast, you talked about uh, a client that you had that uh, their health all of a sudden ended their, their business career. Um, and that happens a lot, unfortunately, but it, and it can be avoided is so much if you are paying attention. So one of the, one of the components to just having good health is Putting it up there as a priority, making sure that it's not being sloughed off to the side, that it's, oh, I'll get around to it later on. It's because it really can sideline you or your business if it happens to be a key employee and they get cancer and they have to go take time off for, um, for, for treatment. It, so it's important to actually pay attention to these things as early on as you can get it. And one of the, you know, Philip, you were talking about it being the system being um, a, a big problem, but it it has built been built around being reactionary entirely. And you know, uh, Jason, in in business, if you're reactionary, you're you're 
you're behind the eight ball. You're, you've lost the game already. What you need to do is be in front of the, uh, of the ball and be prepared, know what you're going to do, have your team in place, um, know exactly what your choices are and have a whole bunch of things in place. And a lot of those things can be done, um, like you say, um, easily and quickly, and you can get them all set up. And I help people do that all the time as an advocate. Um, as a as a coach or, or working in clinics, I'm definitely working on trying to keep people out of the system. You know, we find something early enough, we can keep them out of the system that's going to sideline them and take them out for a long period of time or take them out periodly, period. So it's it's health is really, really important when it comes to business especially in succession planning as well. Yes, absolutely. The whole reactionary thing is, it's just another example of what's available, what's made available to the public in general is reactionary. Like you said, whether it's education and in the way it's mostly babysitting more than it actually is in education. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that goes in with the reactionary nature of healthcare itself and how, after that, we're going to find the best alternative now that you've shown up and that you're in trouble. We'll see what we can do for you. You know, wait six hours, eight hours here. You might be hurting. You might be, you know, on the verge of anything. Uh, we'll do the best we can. Thanks for stopping by, you know. And so I know I recently had a surgery not too long ago that I never thought I would have in my life. And I saw the system firsthand and said, wow, I uh, didn't see that coming. Put me out for a month. This was uh I want to say maybe a month before uh, Jason and I had really started to like work together and stuff too. So I can say firsthand, yeah, it sidelined a lot of what happened to me and people need, uh, you know, I don't want to preach, but you know, take it, take it to heart. <laughs> you have well, a professional here telling you. <laughs> take it to heart. And, but if you put it as, you know, do it as a, as a something that's preemptive and make it fun. You yeah, know, make it fun. You got to get and you know, Jason, you listed off a bunch of things there. Um, the sleep, the exercise, the eating right, and and that kind of thing. But what you really got to do is is you got to have fun with it. We're we're all here for a limited time, and we can pay as much attention to it as as we want. Um, it's really about putting quality into the years that you've got here. So that means making sure you've got fun and things you like to do, whether it's um, Jason and I were talking about the mountains that he's, uh, he's got outside his windows and, and oh, I got yeah. some outside my windows too. And, you know, getting to those mountains and really enjoying, um, the air and just the physical movement and the beauty of a sunrise. I've got, uh, uh, I put a challenge up last Friday on my, on my, one of my feeds about get out and, you know, really take a look at a sunrise, get out there and, you know, Find the most beautiful one. And I have a another friend of mine who posts a sunset every day for 21 days. And it's it's just, you know what that does? That creates a, a level of beauty in, in, in your life, obviously, but it also stops you from all of the noise that's going on around you. And it gives you the opportunity to go, right, okay, now sunset only takes you know, you can experience it for 15 minutes. You can experience it for half an hour if you want. But um, if you're doing it for 15 minutes, that's 15 minutes of 
just bringing the frenetic energy down and chilling. And it's usually at a time where if you're spending it with uh, partners and, and people that you love, then it's, that's just, that just adds more, more bonus to the whole, whole event, the whole health uh, improvements. It just creates that extra bit of, of peace and so that you can clear clear the whole cache of the day and then get started with a new dashboard kind of thing. I love it. I can think of the entire week. My uh, Apple watch tells me want to take a moment for mindfulness. It's one minute. I'm like, anyways, and I just keep going, (laughs) (laughs) but it's true. It's bad. It's bad. People will do as much as they possibly can in a day. And It probably stems in in particular for a a certain demographic of entrepreneurs. Productivity means worthiness, right? And if, and and this is going pretty deep, but uh, I I imagine that you have a lot of conversations because mental health is a big issue with entrepreneurs. Uh, There's been countless people we've spoken to who come from a place of where that was a thing that could have been dire. And some of them live just with that for their whole life. Do you find that you have to address that a lot in your work? Definitely. I am, I'm so involved in, in mental health and, and um, worthiness and and feeling as if you're enough Um, and, and people pleasing Uh, healthcare people in particular are huge people pleasers. They will, they will do everything to please somebody else without taking into consideration their own state um, of health. So um, it's a, it is a big conversation that I have, and I do have a little trick I'll, I'll share with you. It's um, along the ideas of the whole Apple Watch thing, but I set it up as a regular email that comes to me with a subject line that re- reads "Breathe." <laughs> and the the wild thing about that is every when you see that, it, you can automatically go, "Yeah, whatever." But you've taken the breath. You've already done it because you just go, right, okay, and then you're on, right? And that's because we have entrepreneurs tend to work in that, that you know, on fire all of the time space. We tend to breathe up here and we really need to get the opportunity to, to get that diaphragm to expand down and just take a nice deep breath. Take a, you know, let out a really good sigh. Take in the, you know, that kind of thing and, and, that's all it takes. That alone will break the cortisol and the whole stress response right there. It will do it. And it's anatomically set up to do it that way. It's so cool. And it's so easy and takes less than a minute. I definitely took a breath as soon as you said that. (laughs) So here, here's for those that are the other side of the brain. Okay. (laughs) If you have a car, right. And you drive that car for 25,000 miles nonstop and don't change the oil, <laughs> it's going to break. <laughs> right? Or your lawnmower. You can't mow your lawn for 10 years without changing the damn oil in the thing. Right? Some have tried. <laughs> well, yes, I, know. I, I do know that. But, but, but the whole point there is our bodies are the same as a mechanical machine right? We got to feed it and put the right things in it to keep us healthy and do all these things. So, you know, we're no different than a machine. We're just not metal. That's all. But, but 
the same concepts apply, right? To, to take care of ourselves as it does to operate any piece of equipment. And if people would just look at that that way, you know, sometimes at two o'clock when I pour a scotch, I go, God, do I really need that right now? <laughs> and then I go, yep, I do. <laughs> it's a fuel injection. That's what that is. <laughs> And so that's okay. we all we all have our vices, right? But but uh, <laughs> uh, everything in moderation, um, definitely. But uh, but but uh, yeah, I, I think that we could all be a little more cognizant throughout our life of of the things we are doing and and how we do treat ourselves, because there are definitely times, you know, you go. You, you got that carrot cake and you go slice and you go, eh, let's make that over here. Right? <laughs> Instead of that little slice, you go, oh yeah, there you go. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hard <laughs> to resist. <laughs> yeah. Just decisions, but, but there again, what? all things in moderation. I, oh, and I totally agree with you. I am not somebody that, and uh, that tells somebody to remove something from their life. If anything, it's more about adding things and, the adding things are, you know, getting yourself educated about what, what you know, about health and and mindset in particular. Um, getting in a little bit of meditation, um, and the meditation literally can take three minutes. It's not, you know, it's not a big drawn out thing. Making sure that you're getting the right nutri- nutrients in to balance out that carrot cake. That kind of thing will, you know, will definitely help. And and the other thing that'll help is doing a little bit of movement. And it's it's not this this whole body, if you will, the whole automobile was built to move. And so you should get out and get it moving. Um, if you let it sit there, the oil's just going to sit in the bottom of the pan there. And if you turn it on and throw it in drive, you're going to seize that engine pretty quick. So it's one of those, you, you gotta, you gotta keep the movement happening just as much as with any other uh, thing that we require as a tool in our life. So. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I, I hope no one is listening to this going, yes, I know. I know you clearly don't. If it, you should be nodding your head and saying, yeah, you're right. I'm going to schedule something today, what do they call it? Time block on my calendar and go for a walk around the block, wherever you go, pick up a coffee, you know, add an extra block to it. It takes you five more minutes, right? So little things like that. I live down the street from the beach. I go once a month, maybe, and it's on accident. Usually I can't believe it. I've moved here for that, but then all I do is work. So (laughs) yeah, uh, all of this is hidden home. Uh, But with that said, it's White Cedar Clinic, right? This is a, this is what you have officially dubbed the yep. practice. And yep. uh, I'm curious if people wanted to know more about connecting with you in that regard, maybe having you host a clinic, et cetera, et cetera. Where would you prefer for them to connect with you? Is it on one of your feeds or your website? Um, either LinkedIn, so Denise Ruppet um, on LinkedIn, or our Denise at WhiteCedarClinic.com is is great. Um, I generally speaking, getting around to the emails on a daily basis. So um, that's, those are both good places to get a hold of me. Definitely. Right on. Okay. And now if you could go back to speak to the hardworking nurse back in the day that you were 
Like if you had the chance to go through a time portal and go back, knowing what you know now, doing what you do now, what would you say to that healthcare professional? Um, I would, I would pat her on the back and remind her that she's a, she's a bit of a maverick in the healthcare system. Um, her focus is 100% on the health and well-being of her patients, uh, that uh, she needs to keep going and trust her gut. And that trusting the gut is a big thing when you are up against institutions and politics. There it's it a, is. It's a <laughs> tough one right there. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've had a couple of conversations here with, uh, with Jason as well, just about uh, certain institutions and you know how it's for them it's always comfortable and i imagine enterprises are no different when it comes to business of this idea of like this the way we've always done it right <laughs> never a good way to start a conversation in relation to <laughs> to uh positive health or uh positive outcomes because you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, <laughs> well, and their cultures, their cultures, that, and that's an indication of their culture, right? So, it, um, their cultures are so ingrained, and they're not necessarily the healthiest cultures. And and I mean that in a in a holistic perspective. I mean, there's a whole lot going on there, right? So, um, yeah, it's a challenge. The system itself is broken. I, I believe, however, that the professionals and the patients really have, you know, their best intentions in mind and open-hearted and big-hearted. They're just being crippled by a payer and a system in the center that's uh, really challenging. That's really challenging. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's tough when you go outside when you're at a hospital and you see nurses, you know, taking a couple of cigarettes back and you know, them knowing more than anyone how bad that is for the body, you know, it, it, but it just goes to show like the level of stress that healthcare professionals live under that quite literally undermines their very efforts in society. It, well, that action going outside to have a smoke is an indication that they have to get away from the floor and out of the building to actually escape the, 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 the whole situation, right? Therein is the culture. There's the problem. Yes. Yes. Uh, I like, I remember um, one of my mentors had told me, uh, you know why people smoke cigarettes? And I was like, well, cause they're addictive. He said, yeah, besides that. So that's one of the only times in their lives they ever actually stop to take a deep breath. Just happens to be filled with nicotine. Yeah. And I was like, well, shit. Okay. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> it's a, that's, that's a, a good pretty, point. Yeah. <laughs> so it's on there. Ah, it's a form know. of meditation. Come on. <laughs> what is? It is. Oh so, yeah. Right odd, but yeah. Native Americans, they use peyote. This is true. Right? This is <laughs> true. Oh yes. yeah. <laughs> it's a peace <laughs> offering. Go to the go to the spirit world, man. Oh, yeah. You're going to need to deal with this thing we call life. <laughs> everybody's got something. No, I, I love it. Um, I think it's a valid conversation to be having. I don't think, uh, I think a lot of us and particular me, like I burn the candle at both ends a lot. I'm constantly on some kind of caffeine to help, uh, support my, uh, unacceptable work hours. And, 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 you know, I also have a perfectionism, like I'll admit that I deal with that keeps me from 
completing things and deciding, oh, this is good enough, right? It has to be exactly this, which is a big problem in productivity. Uh, so there are things that like I'm willing to admit, and I hope that the listeners are too, where they need to take into account and be honest with themselves before they can ever accept the fact that uh, they we all need a little accountability for our health. I, thank you very much for your vulnerability there. That was um, a lot of people are in that very same space. And they need, they do, like you said, they need the accountability, whether you find that in a partner or you hire an advocate or you find somebody else that you can, you know, coach that, that will keep you accountable to those things. Um, you can actually be much more pr- uh, productive if you use some other things that are a little bit away from what you're doing. Um, but uh you know, there are other ways, but thanks so much for really pointing that out and, and sharing that other people are exactly just like you. And, um, and I came to it my own, you know, I, like I wasn't a smoker, but have had my vices as you, uh, as Jason so politely put, um, and you have to have that accountability and move forward. So it's important. It's important for you. It's important for everybody else around you. If you want to keep making the, uh, what was it? Seven habits of highly effective people said something about uh, you, the golden goose can't keep laying the golden eggs if it doesn't take care of itself. And so if you yourself are sitting there wondering how far you can take the car without changing the oil, uh, it's probably better you don't find out and just get the oil change. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And that's that's a really fair point. You don't want to get to the point where you actually have to go, oh, I should have thought about this earlier. That's as bad as finding out who your real friends are. You don't ever want to be in a position in life where you have to find out who your real friends are. That's not a good place to be in life. No, no, exactly. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so before I head off to the uh, the grand finale, I want to turn it over to Jason one more time and see if he's got mm-hmm. anything he wanted to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say this, you know, I, I hate to use an old cliche, but it's, it's, uh, it's relevant. And that is, the first step to solving the problem is realizing there is a problem, right? So you have to make that realization first. And then once you make the realization, you can't talk about it. You can't, it comes back to that conversation we had with somebody yesterday about suicide, right? Suicide awareness. What about action, right? There has to be action. You can't just be aware of it. You have to actually do something about it. And I know that's, oh, that's mind blowing, right? But no, it's not. But, <laughs> but, but I think sometimes people just need to hear it, right? Sometimes you just got to hear it from somebody else. It's like our spouses, right? You'll tell your spouse something and you just ignore you. But your neighbor says the same thing. It's like, you know what Bob told me today? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Bob told me. Honey, I told you that last week, right? <laughs> but for some reason, it's more valid because Bob said it, right? So, <laughs> so sometimes we just got to hear it from that outside punch in the face, right? Exactly. Oh, wow. There, ha- You know, as you said that, it's, I, I realized something. A lot of us have a tendency, and I say a lot of us because a lot of my friends have admitted to this before, and I imagine this is true across the board. When we make a promise to ourselves, 
it's always kind of like, if it's not like a dire promise, we like, oh, we're going to commit to this or that. We tend to not adhere to it or what have you. Something else comes in the way. And as we grow closer and more uh, in sync with our partners, I imagine we also see them as an extension of ourselves. So if they say something to us, it's like we're saying it to ourselves, right? But the stranger Mm -hmm. is not. And that external validation, I think when you first meet a partner, you're like, that's why you're on your best behavior. And there's that whole dance of like being extra charming or what have you. And then as you get closer, it it just blends into who you are, which is, you know, probably not a good thing, but because that's how, you know, the the mystery and the sexiness and all that stuff dies away, right? Is when we take them for granted and think that they are us. But it all hit me the minute you said that, because yes. That is a behavior I can think of on a number of occasions that I myself am guilty of that. So that is, it's a great observation. Another mental health, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that oh. whole familiarity is huge. That it's huge, and oh. it does help to have somebody outside. Oh, and and that's where you can be for businesses uh, oh, yeah. with with White Cedar Clinic, and you can help them see the forest for the trees. And the trees yep. for the forest. Uh, yep. So, with that said, the grand finale, drum roll, ba, ba, da, 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 da. all right. Beatbox. Where's it's the get, beatbox? It's getting man? better. It's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> Every episode, I uh, I slowly digress. I don't want to turn full Justin Timberlake on the microphone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Heard that one. <laughs> um, but uh, the grand finale is uh, Denise. If you could have invited anybody today. To sit here, join us, maybe even just listen in uh, or contribute. Who would you have loved to have had here and why? Um, that is such a great question, Phil. It's um, um, I think that I think a lot of people need to hear um, the message. So I think somebody like an Ariana Huffington, um, the she has had the experience with her own health and her own health issues and insomnia and, and a few other things. Um, and then her ability to um, communicate it, it would be, you know, to, for her to participate, say how we could do better at communicating it um, for her to, her to be able to, able to take some of these nuggets and, and share them back with her, um, with her crowd. That would have been a dream for me. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time I heard her talking about this was uh, in like a parallel live with Gary Vee and everybody would assume that both of them were, you know, maybe in the past they they spent an inordinate amount of time trying to do as much as possible within a day. Uh, but they, the conversation quickly turned to you got to just plan like two or three things for the day, knock those out and just like adhere to getting some rest because otherwise you won't be that awesome entrepreneur for very much longer. <laughs> exactly. And then you can pan to Jason because he gets up at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning <laughs> before everybody else does. And so he's, he's demonstrating that particular thing right there. Yeah. To be fair though, I also go to bed at like eight o'clock at night. So. Oh, wow. I, <laughs> I readily admit I, I spend a, an, an incredible amount of time after the workday trying to plan things. And, you know, not all plans are ever designed to be followed. And but all this planning doesn't help because then I'm up to like three in the morning. You know, I'm in front of screens all day long, nonstop sitting down all day long. Maybe I'll go for a run. Maybe I'll do some push ups. But if if any I mean, 
I don't always feel great, but I am empowered and activated by people. So it helps me forget certain things when I'm involved in the work that I do because I genuinely enjoy it. But I got to tell you, by the end of the day, I'm like, you know, <laughs> and I, if you can take it from anybody, please just, you got to take care of yourself, whatever you have to do, even if it means uh, throwing your phone across the room or any device you're using or what have you. Legitimately, there was a guy named Arnold Bennett who wrote a book called How to Live on 24 Hours a Day. And he talked about that because he's like, oh, you know, and he's an old school guy. Like We're talking like 1920s, maybe 30s uh, in like London or something. He said, I, if you have a family and you're trying to say, where am I going to find three extra hours to focus on my ambitions or what have you like wake up early, right? Yeah. Like just, just, just wake up earlier. If you really have, if you're that tied and that means going to sleep early, you can always send your family to sleep early. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> uh, those, anyways, those are my closing thoughts. I love this conversation. There's so many important things to talk about health in general in, in America is a huge topic and anyone interested in working with that. I, I, I know for a fact, Denise would love to have that conversation based on what we touched on today. And mental health, you got to look after yourself. Nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody knows how you really feel. So you either got to be honest and have a support group or, you know, <laughs> live with it and see the consequences. But it's, it, I would prefer if you were just honest and like I'm constantly doing in this, in this call. Um, any closing thoughts from either of you? Me just, um, I'm going to challenge you, Phil. I want to challenge you personally to uh, get out and get some sand between your toes. Yes. I actually love that idea that you brought up of challenges. I think more businesses should be on LinkedIn instead of promoting whatever they're talking about or highlighting the new team member, which, you know, people are like, oh, congrats. And then they move on with their lives. Challenge each other as business owners, as entrepreneurs and as professionals. Hey, I got a challenge for you. See if you can make an extra call today, you know, or something, something along those lines. I, I love that idea. That's how social media should exist. That's uh -huh. just my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I will. I, I'm going to get some sand in my toes today. Excellent. I'll report back with uh, feet pics. <laughs> Post them on LinkedIn. <laughs> just cut your toenails uh, first. <laughs> I can't even believe I just said that. Oh, geez. What You're now being held to it by the entire audience. Okay? The entire audience is holding Phil to this. Yeah, that's right. Every once in a while, you forget to do that whole toenail clip thing. And my God, get in the car and the wife goes, Good God, man, go cut them things. <laughs> you are not going to my parents like that. <laughs> oh, man, what a fun episode. <laughs> yeah, right? uh, Jason, take uh, us away, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much, Denise, for being here. It was a lot of fun. A um, lot of serious topics, but some fun mixed in with it. And that's important, too. Um, that's good for health too, right? Fun and do mix it all up a little bit and and uh, keep it real, right? So, yeah. you know, thanks for being here. I always like to say that, uh, you know, we all have the same amount of hours every week to work with. And thank you for uh, stopping by and spending a few with us. Um, and it was great to have you on the show. And there's a lot to get out of this episode. And I hope everybody takes the time 
to uh, really absorb it. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks, Phil. It's been a pleasure. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.